We are I. Okay, so we're sitting down with uh, Ariel again today. It's been a long time since she's been on the podcast, but um, we got some ground to cover. We actually have spent the last half an hour or so talking without recording anything, um, but we still have tons to say. So uh, we talked about and where we want to start in the beginning here today is the uh, the effects that we've seen um, COVID-19 have on people, their their structure, how the wheels are starting to come off the bus, if they're staying on, what kind of support people need, because you know, we both see so many people in the day. Um, we know that they're not alone. We know there's more people out there feeling it. And we know that everybody needs some tools to be able to make it through this. Because um, if we listen to the people, the powers to be, we're in this probably for the entire 2021, which is a scary thought to me, considering that we're in February. So, Ariel, welcome back. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. And just like you said, you know, people are needing that extra support right now, not just physically, but mentally, emotionally, you know, people might feel okay, but there are going to be more days where they are not okay. And that is okay. It's important to reach out to, you know, people that you trust and that you love and that they, you know, will support you wherever you are. Be open, be honest with yourself and take the time. Less is best right now. Take the time to just really dial in and listen to what your body's needs are. A lot of people are falling off the wagon with their nutrition. Gut health is happy brain health. Your serotonin is mostly produced in the gut and your microbiome in your gut is what's going to control your moods and your sleep and your energy throughout the day. So really, 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 I know it's hard guys, but really, you know, eat those fruits and vegetables to crowd out the garbage, drink your water, get your sleep, and get your exercise. These are super, these are the four pillars of health. If you keep all of these checkpoints in alignment throughout the day, your body's a house, the house rules, you'll have no consequences. You know, it's, it's really important to also take the time to reflect, you know, we can look at everything on a, on a coin, right? You have your positive and your negative. There's been a lot of negative this year. So really try to, you know, motivate yourself by looking at, you know, the goal setting little goals that you can achieve because it's going to bring positivity to you and to your environment. You know, clean your house, get out of your pajamas, brush your teeth in the morning. I always tell my patients to brush their teeth when they first wake up, it prepares them for the day and to drink a big tall glass of water, step outside and get that fresh air. It does something to you neurologically and it stimulates you on a cellular level. You know, it is a, like a really good point that you just brought up because there was so many people working from home and so many kids being at home right now that all those little routines are, are broken where it's the, oh, well, I, I don't need to get dressed. You know, I don't need to do my hair. You know, like, you know, I don't need to go anywhere. I'll shower later on. Um, you know, like I don't need to work out in the morning because I can work out in the afternoon, which then turns into tomorrow. Like a lot of these little things that really help set us up for success during the day that are, are so pivotal. Like, you know, I love making my bed. I love getting up like when my alarm goes off and I, oh, I'm going to just hit snooze or I'm going to tap out. And, you know, I find those are the stories you're starting to hear a little bit more of all the time, you know, where people's routines have changed for so long that 
what's it going to take to be able to get back to that? You know, like, are we going to go back? Like, what happens if people don't go back to the office where they don't really need to do their their hair? Like, you know, you see with all the interviews on, like, Zoom and all the stories where you told where, you know, people are wearing a, a T-shirt and no pants. Like, we can't even put pants on um, anymore. I'm just going to pull my hair back real quick and hop on this Zoom. Or I'm going to turn my video feed off so it's only audio because I don't want to do my hair or I don't want to get dressed. I'm sitting in my pajamas. It's like, like, this is where we're at now like 11 months, 11 and a half months into this, you know, what does it take to come back from that? Because you know how hard it is to be able to introduce new routines into people. And when you're looking at people putting that work back in, and now everybody's lives have got so much lazier and laziness has this layer of comfort to it for most people, you know, how do we pull people back into a regular routine of just normal, not even healthy, like just the old normal that was the unhealthy way, but we've receded from that now even further into the depths. That's a great point. I think fine tuning your your rhythm, you know, I think we need to do a little bit more reflection on standing in the mirror and looking at who's staring back at us and realizing you're doing it for that person. You're getting up in the morning, not for your colleagues, not for people at work. You're doing it for you. You came into this world, you're going to leave on your own. You did it for you. You need to empower yourself. And that might be a little bit something that's forced in the beginning, but it does get stronger. And yes, you might feel like, well, well, it takes too much effort to do my hair, you know, but just do something, fine tuning, start to create those structures. You know, you know, if you feel like you don't want to put your jeans on, you just want to, you know, wear your, uh, your, your, your bottoms, well, put something else on, put your leggings on, you know, like baby steps, right? You don't have to do the leaps and bounds. But, you know, the more actions you do in the morning, the more reward you're going to get. We are reward driven. We want that satisfaction. Get as many things done in the morning because what it does is it creates momentum and movement for the rest of the day. People that work out in the morning tend to get more done in their day than the people that procrastinate all day. And then they go and basically force themselves to work out in the evening. You don't want it to be forced. Working out is a gift. The fact that you have the ability to move your body and you're not in a wheelchair, that is a gift. The fact that you have a family to come home to and feed and love and hug, that is a gift. We need to change our perspective. We are spoiled. We are. And, you know, and, and even like some contrast for me because actually – in the last, yeah, about four months, like my morning routine has really changed, but for the better. Um, I wake up every morning, 4.30, you know, I get up, I have a shower, make a cup of coffee, and then I sit down, I record a podcast, I get up, I go uh, to the place where I work out, and I work out for, uh, do 15 minutes of cardio, then I lift weights for 45, then I sit in the tank, then I sit in the hot tub, and then I go right into my personal development course. And it's been such a great routine it was like, I'm done it all by eight o'clock in the morning. Wow. You know, and I look at like all this stuff that I've accomplished. I'm like, it's only eight o'clock. And I've noticed one thing that I've really focused on primarily like over all these years, because you really think it's the only avenue. You don't really value the flip side of it. But um, I would go to the gym and I'd work out and I'd tax myself physically, you know, and I would feel good during the day. But I always thought that I should feel a little bit better. I should feel a little bit better this but I realized it has nothing to do with nutrition or changing the way that I work out, lifting heavier weights, lighter weights, more reps, less reps, cardio, hit workout, this, that, the next thing. The, what the completion of it is, is the, the personal development. Like, like changing who I am, challenging myself with concepts that, um, you know, like 
training myself to think of words differently. You know, now I have this complete package where, you know, I'm being tested and challenged in so many different areas. The rest of my day has completely changed. Like conversations change, you know, like my tone has changed. Like I carry myself differently. And I really feel like I've now found this more complete package of how to feel like a better person walking through my days. 100%, you know, just... Yeah, you, you nailed it on the head. It's it's all about mindset. You if you decide that you're gonna have, wake up and have a good day and get things done, that is a decision, and that is gonna be something that you are gonna follow through with. If you decide that it is gonna be a bad day, it is gonna be a bad day, and you are allowing negativity to enter into your um, into your environment, into your your mind, and that is just going to become a sickness, and we can get addicted to our mindset. So it's yeah. it's super important. Yeah, you know, like I've I've really. I have found because I was challenged with this concept the other day in this personal development course about um, like leveraging a perspective of compassion and compassion by way of um, entering into somebody else's disarray. And I always thought before, I'm like, I have like a really hard time with that because I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to take it on. I don't want to take on other people's problems because that's, I did that at the beginning of my journey in the fitness industry. And at the end of the day, you have nothing. You have nothing left for yourself when you're taking on other people's um, like disarray in their lives. But walking beside them and being a, a part of that process and understanding that I can't do that unless if I'm in an emotionally really good place. Because, you know, it goes back to the whole saying like misery loves company. You know, but like happiness also likes company. You know, but where nobody ever really talks about it like that. And we all know how good it feels to be around somebody who's positive, you know, but can you simply just flick this switch and have this positive outlook on life? And now I kind of look at it, I'm like, well, you can choose not to dwell on something as much as what you normally would, but we still have to start dealing with these things. And I think that's one of the things that I see the most with COVID-19 is that it's let a lot of people's demons out of the out of the depths, you know, whether that's like, you know, I know people who don't even leave their house really for days now, because they wake up, they're at home, you know, their kids walk to school, their office is at home, they work all day, the kids come home, you know, they do these things, kids aren't going to activities. And then they're exhausted. So the feet are up and they're watching TV, and they go to bed. And I and I'm like, I know you've seen outside. But that is so much different than being outside. But where's the part of you that craves to walk out that door? Like, why, where are you now where all of this has now become okay? Because like I said, like, it's, we know that people won't even put pants on now. Like, to me, that is crazy. Like, when I see that, I'm just like, ooh, there's some, there's some demons coming out now of like, this is where we are or like all the crazy stories about how like people have done inappropriate things on all these zoom calls. And it's like, like this, this is where we're at now. Like this is currently the new norm, no matter whether it stays or not. But um, what do you see when you're working with people where they make those fundamental shifts where they actually start to see life in a little bit more of a positive light like what are some of the things that you allow seen? positivity to come in through their environment through their network like you said misery you know if you if you are attract miserable people then eventually the energy transfer is misery yourself if you it's not about you know necessarily cutting out people but 
you know, for me personally, I use COVID as an excuse. I, I will actually be like, I will not spend time with someone if they are absolutely miserable, because I know that in that moment, I will be um, susceptible to that energy transfer. Yeah. And so I would rather go for a run outside, you know, be barefoot in the dirt or go spend time with, you know, someone who is going to ignite my energy than someone who unfortunately might suck my energy for a little bit. Mm. And that's the thing where we have to be able to identify the people that we're allowing or the media or the music. I mean, music can give you so many different emotions. Mm. So really like tap into what you're listening to tap into what your, your, all of your, uh, your sign, your, um, your, your ears, your nose, your sinuses, everything. What are you allowing into your body? Because that is what is going to um, provoke change. Mm. And if you really are sick and tired of being sick and tired, take a look at your network, take a look at what you're allowing into your brain and allowing into your heart and maybe make some baby changes. Maybe go step into, into um, an environment where there's just a lot of uh, positive, uplifting people. Mm. It's it's amazing how scary that can be, eh? You know, like when you're feeling so down or like you've, you've devalued yourself enough that you don't even fully understand what your contribution could be to this environment that you know is better than the environment that you're in. And I see that all the time, you know, like where people have devalued themselves so much, the anxiety starts to creep in at such a level that they won't even go to try to change it because like the angst is just overwhelming for them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where your spiritual realm gets in, right? Yeah. There will always be something to block you and always something to prevent you from growth. And that's when you got know that you've got to do it the most. Mm-hmm. And that's why sometimes if you can't go out, then just change your music. Yeah. Change your music, change up your diet. If you're sitting there and you're eating bonbons all day, watching the news, listening to some hard metal, you're going to feel like garbage. You know, open up your blinds. You know, there's little things that you have to do because otherwise it's just the definition of insanity. Yeah. And that's what people are doing internally. Well, and I was just listening to, um, I can't remember if it was on the radio or on a podcast or whatever, but um, they're talking about COVID fatigue because we're inundated by it all the time. They're like, Think if you never heard anybody say COVID-19, but all the signage you see everywhere you go, you know, between masks and signs on doors and hand sanitizing stations everywhere, directional arrows and all that kind of stuff. Like, they're like, that is so visually overwhelming because we see it all day that you are going to start to, to tune it out. But what does that mean for us? You know, we're like, something that we're told is so scary so bad, like be terrified, sit at home, run from it. But now we're desensitized to it. You know, like, what is that doing? And it was a really interesting question to pose because it's like, well, who's thinking about that? Because we all know that nobody's really thinking about anything healthy right now. Like there's no messages of like health or opportunities to be able to help course correct. It's just the fear mongering, but now we're we're desensitized to the fear mongering where we don't care. So then it's like, well, we're going to clamp down on you even harder because you're not following these rules that every day I've given you my update to tell you how important it is. And it's like, well, maybe you should only do it like once a week then because we're still at the end of the day, we're adults. And I always say to everybody, I'm like, where is kind of like, because I was laughing in my mind when you said you've used COVID-19 as an excuse. You know, I always thought that I'm like, to be honest, 
I don't even know outside of work how many people I would hang out with in a week anyway. I'm like, I feel like there's been unnecessary restrictions imposed on a lot of people. And I'm the type of person I'm more likely to push back on something when I'm told I shouldn't be doing it if I was already organically doing it anyway. And I was like, I used to criticize myself for that. But I was like, no, no, no. Like, you're a fucking adult. That's why you're doing that. Because you're not being treated like an adult. So you're pushing back against the concept of being an adult because you typically wouldn't go out and hang out with 10 people every night. And, you know, like on the weekend, you're in the back of Joe's. I mean, I realize not everybody's like that. But again, it's like the, you know, where do we where do we lose our, our personal sovereignty in all this if we're becoming so desensitized to these childish like messages of what's being pushed on us and how we should be treated every day? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just it's I feel like that there's this growing mental health, you know, craze coming up at the same time that there's this growing acceptance of trying psilocybin and mushrooms. Mm-hmm. So this is my segue into picking your brain. Like this is one of the things that we were talking about before the podcast about how um, they know that psilocybin can um, help regrow or grow new neurons in the brain, and there's nothing else that we know of that's like that. Um, mm-hmm. Fill us in. Yeah, absolutely. So what you're referring to is actually called neurogenesis, and what's so beautiful is we are designed and wired to respond and to heal ourselves from the building blocks of nature. And nature itself has receptors that bind perfectly and so eloquently into our receptors, into our body to do this, um, to do this transaction. Chemicals cannot do that. And chemicals have tried, but your body is so brilliant and so wired. It knows the difference between organic and inorganic compounds, no matter how much you try to change the molecular structure. So when it comes to psilocybin, what it does is it when you start to take it on a microdosing aspect, your body is so bioavailable to it, it actually starts to repair and regrow neurons in the gut and in the brain. And if you have damaged neurons or shr- shrunken up dendrites and shrunken up axons and neurons, which is all part of your neurotransmitters, what happens then is you can't excel, you can't optimize your gut health, you can't optimize your brain health, you're stunted. It's like pruning the, the leaves and pruning the trim, like the, uh, the roots from growing. What this does is it goes in there microdosing, you know, with, with a healthy diet and with other things as well. You don't want to be, you know, eating, falling off the wagon and, and just gorging yourself on other things. But what the mushrooms in itself does is neurogenesis, which is it repairs Um, And it sustains an environment where neurological disorders just don't have the ability to, to, to be in that state anymore. And so it's a, it's a fabulous building block. I encourage a lot of people to at least try it. It's totally safe. You won't get high. It's microdosing and microdosing is around a 0.12, depending on your weight, your age, but you know, you can consult a practitioner, but um, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's, it used to be something that was feared upon, but now there's so much science, so much research to back everything up that it's been something that people are now implementing into their daily lifestyle, you know, and I encourage you to just tap into your own research, learn about it, see if it's right for you, it helps you with your brain fog. You know, it helps you with uh, your PTSD. It's fabulous for your mental health, for anxiety, depression. You don't need all those SSRIs. Those are chemicals. You know, you can't treat fire with fire. 
So if you have inflammation in the body, which is acid, well, how do you put out a fire? With water. You alkaline the situation. You alkaline the environment. Your cells, they close up when, when, when the environment is not favorable. And your, your body becomes so concentrated with acid that things can't thrive. Things can't move. You know, you get all of these symptoms. And I'm not saying psilocybin will cure anything. And I'm not saying psilocybin is the one thing that, you know, fixes all. But I'm saying it's an amazing tool that's grown naturally that is designed for our receptors through neurogenesis. What causes, um, sorry, when you were just to backtrack a little bit, you were talking about like the shriveling or the stunting of something. Yeah, the dendrites and the yeah. axons. So you what have causes little, that? So dehydration, lack of minerals. We are a high acidic body. Our tissues are acidic. We, we, people consume way too much acid. And acid is coffee, alcohol, medications, uh, pharmaceutical drugs. Uh, you know, herbicides, um, uh, refined sugars, refined oils, uh, gluten, uh, meats, dairies, like people do not focus on a plant-based diet. We used to, but then what happened was our society, we had such an array of variety and then we realized that population has gone up and we need to now feed all these people. And so now we're now genetically modifying our food and spraying our food with preservatives just to keep people from starving, but they're not thriving. And to thrive is totally different than, you know, to just keep you alive. So surviving and thriving are totally different things. People are really good at surviving. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll budget on their food. They'll, you know, they'll, they'll grab a cookie instead of a, a celery. They'll, they'll stop at McDonald's. They'll drink caffeine. Like it's going out of style, you know, and they don't realize what that nutrition is doing to their body. And psilocybin is such a beautiful nutrition to the body because it regrows the damage that you've done within the root system. And the root system is your neurological system. And your neurological system is connected between the gut, the brain, and your spiritual system. What, um, what, so when you say 0.12, that's 0.12 of a gram, right? Yes, correct. Um, now, how do we know what the concentration of the psilocybin is in that uh, 0.12? Does it make a difference? There's different strains of mushrooms. And yeah. like, how, how would we know like what's the most kind of quote-unquote generic mushroom to be able to grind into that powder or to be able to eat or consume that point. Yeah. So you always want to deal with uh, the fruiting body from the ground up, the chitin, the mycelium, you know, you want to be mindful about the rooting body. The rooting body is actually great nutrients to grind up and use as your, uh, your soil. Right. Um, so that would be something that you can really uh, uh, pull out the nutrients to make a really beautiful mushroom. Um, the mushroom itself, the psilocybin is not the whole mushroom. It's just a portion of the mushroom that you extract. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm not a farmer, so I don't know exactly how you would do that. But um, when people are licensed to grow and licensed to create psilocybin um, for distribution, then they will be able to explain why theirs is so powerful and why theirs is so good. So some of the key things you want to look at is, are they using the fruiting body from a, from ground up? 
or are they using the bottom part, which is just all the fillers? Are they um, extracting things properly? What are they watering it with? Are they watering it with just tap water full of all those heavy metals, which are going to go right into your, your mushroom? Or are they, they watering it with filtered water or even better structured water, right? Um, what are what kind of soil are they using? Are they just using corn or, or grain, which has gluten? So if you have an autoimmune disorder, you might be sensitive to that or celiac, right? So there's a lot of little things you want to think about. Before you decide to just go ahead and just introduce any old psilocybin into the body, do your research, figure out where it comes from, figure out, you know, the farming behind it, the cultivation, the harvesting, things like that. Um, yeah, that's, that's something, there's a little bit of research on your end that has to happen before you just put something from nature into the body. When you talk about uh, psilocybin and like mushroom consumption with people, like, like, do you get the same kind of scared, timid pushback that, like, cause I see that all the time because obviously we've all been indoctrinated that these are hardcore drugs and there's no benefit to them. And you're just one of those people getting high and all that kind of, you know, all those ads we've seen on TV growing up and just the narrative that's always been pushed out to us. And obviously now we're at that 180 degree turn because now we're all these power spheres saying, you know, like, oh, it's not that bad. There's this, you know, great research behind it. And then I don't know how many people know, but like Vancouver, the city itself um, is in line to be the first uh, city in all of Canada that's going to have decriminalized drugs across the board for all of them. So like we get into this very confusing messaging where we've just been indoctrinated for so many years. Like when you're having open conversations with people, like, do you feel that or are people becoming more open in, in your circles? When it comes to fear, fear is insta installed. Okay. So fear has been installed and then, and then confusion is from lack of education. You can empower any, any person in front of you. And I empower all of my patients by educating them and showing them the scientific facts and it will wash out all the fear. And then they will decide to try it for themselves. It's not going to harm you, but if you feel that you just want to experiment, then it's entirely safe as long as you're doing it properly. And that's where I'll walk them through and I'll explain to them, you know, how this whole thing works, what to expect, because, you know, this is not just something you're going to go do in your basement, right? This is something that, you know, there's research behind, but just like anything that changes or alters your state, you know, you want to make sure that you're doing it set and setting, right? You want to make sure that you're going into it with the right mindset. You want to heal your body, right? And you have a tool that will support your body on a cellular level. You also want to make sure that you are being completely vulnerable and open when it comes to you know, how are you doing mentally? How are you doing physically? How's your gut health? You know, how is your optimization? How's your lifestyle? What are your eating habits like? This is not something that you're going to take and then wash it down with a glass of wine and then go smoke a doobie. Like yeah. you have to be mindful about what kind of chemistry and what kind of lifestyle are you already living? This is not something that you can just take and it's going to fix all. So I make sure that, you know, people are educated, you know, set and setting you know, and making sure that people know um, when you do do microdosing, you don't get high. People are afraid of that and you will not get high. Um, and, the, and I always say, watch the research and you'll know intuitively if it's right for you. So knowing like all that, is there, um, 
you know, whether we're taking like a microdose or we're, you know, consuming two, three, four, five grams, whatever, like it may be, is there some things that we definitely should not be consuming around that time or, um, cause like, and I say that four is in like adverse reactions, but also, um, to be able to counter the effects of the psilocybin, because I know if I eat like three grams of mushrooms and then eat a steak, I'm just like right now, yep. like it like immediately just takes like, I don't know whether it's the fat or the protein or like just the combination of them too, but it was, it'd be like literally like I never ate a, a yep. mushroom or had any psilocybin in my system at yep. all. Yep. And that's a hundred percent accurate. So with mushrooms, um, if someone were wanting to go to the, you know, the, the, the peak state where they want to actually feel and have an adventure or have, um, an, a, an awakening, right. Um, then it's always good to prepare the body, right? You are putting an external fungus into the body, right? Mm -hmm. So for people who say have a flare up of SIBO or a flare up of like, a, like they're feeling, they're feeling extremely bloated or they're having a lot of gastrointestinal issues. Let's correct that first before you go and put in a bunch of psilocybin. Um, if you are taking SSRIs, so um, anti-anxieties, antidepressants, any sort of um, uh, uh, pharmaceutical that is going to alter your chemistry, please do not mix it with the psilocybin because the outcome is not going to be a true outcome. It's going to be a combination of both, which is different for every single person. The other thing is we, we never recommend alcohol. You just, you have to make sure that you do not mix. So prepare the body seven days before. Um, so no alcohol, don't smoke weed. Um, try to avoid any crazy stimulants, you know, don't be taking those caffeine pills and, you know, those, those energy drinks and like, you know, the things that you do before your workouts, maybe the pre-workouts really allow your body to come and calm that central nervous system. Don't be in the fight or flight, right? You want your body to be coming, going into a Zen state because the parasympathetic state, which is the Zen state is the rest and digest and repair. So if you prepare the body to enter into that central nervous system of that parasympathetic, not the sympathetic, and you are now you're, you're being mindful, right? So I always encourage people, eat your fruits and vegetables, have a good, clean eating seven days before. Don't go into it bloated. Don't go into it constipated. Don't go into it after you just took a round of antibiotics because you are putting a fungus into the body, right? Um, if you are a, if you're going through chemotherapy, if you are going through, you know, just different, you know, identify what state you're in right now and deal with that first before you compound it with some, with a different tool. See, and again, like you know, when you say that, like, you know, where we know, like the, the best way from, you know, like point A to point B is always just to be like that singular track. So it's like, like you said, like eliminating things like along the way, but that's not what we've been told. You know, like when we, you know, when you go to the doctor, it's like, okay, we have this, these are your pills for this, you have this, these are your pills for this. It just becomes this combination of pills that like we take. So again, like you can see how we even need to like retrain the way that we look at things. And when we come from like a, a TCM or like an Ayurvedic, um, like mentality perspective behind these things, we have to start looking a lot more long-term. You know, like when you talk, like that's the one thing that I see in my mind is like when you talk about like seven days before, you know, like when, you know, like let's eliminate these other underlying symptoms first, you know, you may want to embark on this like psilocybin program, but it might take you six months of prep work to be able to get there. Are we that patient to be 
willing to be able to do that because we're just like consume, consume, consume. I need more. I need this. I need these pills. I need this drink. I need this patch. Then I need to go run over here and do this. And then I need to go this. And it's just like that, that is our society, like how it is right now. And again, if we could take advantage of this COVID-19 environment where we've had to tone everything back and we can kind of look within and say like, what are some of the changes that I actually really need to be able to make? Like this could be a really positive reset for our population, but it kind of seems like we've gone inward into the, into the dark hole, you know, versus building more rungs in the ladder to be able to climb out of it. You know, and this is where I say like, it's the importance of like having like these, these conversations and more of these conversations coming out there there to realize that it's like, there is an alternative to like this narrative that we see accumulating. Like you don't have to jump on the ship of not wearing pants anymore and getting your groceries delivered to your house. And like, I realize some of these things are, are safety considerations, but like really like there, there's ways we can protect ourselves too. You know, like I've gone to the grocery store every couple of days since this has happened because I like to buy my food fresh. And, you know, I wash my hands. I take care of myself every day. Like I try to eat as healthy as I can. I, I do all these things to arm myself with sharpening my sword and putting on my armor. So when I walk out the door, I can deal with these things because I want to have more faith in the biological human that we shouldn't be this scared of what's going on right now because we are more resilient. We've made it this far. We've done this well. I find it really hard to believe that this is going to be the thing that's going to take us out. You know, and like, I just, I want people to understand that that's the way that you can wake up every day. If you choose to just make some of those little fundamental shifts, because again, the only person that's benefiting from this really is just you. Like, and that, that's always the take home is like, why don't you want to be better? Why don't you want to feel better? Like, why do you want to be that person that's always complaining? Like, why do you want to be that person that just has that terrible feeling in their stomach like you know you're doing something wrong you know and like like i wish there was just more people willing to be able to talk about an alternative to the narrative that's being put out there right now so we can just get that that bigger push kind of going down the road and i love that more people are willing to have like these conversations with things like mushrooms because it allows that because now that there's this topic that's way crazier that people are talking about. So it allows for all those other conversations that don't seem so far fetched to happen a little bit more organically. So we can start making this shift. Yeah. 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 No, a hundred percent. I agree with you on that. And I think that a lot of it comes from, you know, some people, you know, they just need to see other people standing up and doing what's right. And they will follow because mm-hmm. a lot of people are not leaders, you know, and, and I'm watching and COVID has really, has really chiseled some people where it, you know, you say it has brought out the worst in some people. And I have actually seen it where it has brought out the warriors in some people. And I feel that, you know, there, there are so many cities right now where there are groups of warriors and those people are creating the ripple effect. They're out there, they're serving their community, they're standing up, they're supporting, they're loving, they're compassionate but they're educated and that's why they don't have fear. And other people are like, I wish I was like that, but I'm going to hide away in my home and order my groceries and not wear pants. Well, that's because you're allowing the fear to sink in. You're allowing the poison, you're drinking the poison. And I think finally people will finally come to that point and everybody's different, but people will finally come to that point and they will feel enough is enough. Mm -hmm. 
which like you you start to see those little like glimpses of that where like people like had enough because like I know people don't want to talk about it they don't want to admit it but like everybody's just kind of doing their thing like like people may not be like hey my name is Blake and I'm doing xyz which is breaking xyz rules you know but again like it's just like adults are making responsible adult decisions and they're just staying in these little pockets that I just wish we didn't have to lie about it just wish we didn't have to hide it, you know, because again, like we're, we're responsible. Like we will, we will make these changes. And if, if people shouldn't, you shouldn't have to be such a warrior of life just to be able to go out and just do really normal things or just make adult responsible decisions. Or it's, you know, like, I feel like that is the most detrimental part in the long run is because then you just create more people who just need to be told and is that what we want? Like, do you just want people that you have to handhold through life? Because that's going to get us nowhere for multiple reasons, you know, like economically or, you know, like strength as a nation or like good neighbor. Like, you know, people didn't even say hi to their neighbors before. Now you're just taught to be actually scared of that neighbor. Yeah. You know, like it wasn't just like the creepy neighbor. Now everybody's the creepy neighbor. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, uh, what are some of the, the things that you've done for the positive, like, you know, are you running more now? Like, have you changed your diet at all? Like, like, what are some of the things, or if you just plot a course and stayed the same, changed nothing, this is just, Ariel, this is who you know we are. What? I, I went, okay, in the beginning, when it first, everything got announced, I was, I was scared, being honest. I didn't know what I was dealing with. I was scared. My, I felt isolated. I locked myself in my room for three days and I cried because I thought I just graduated school. I just opened up a clinic. I've got all these patients who are depending on me. I have all these aspirations to, you know, invoke change in the world, even in the smallest form. And all my dreams came crashing down. But I realized that's because I was putting limits on myself and I wasn't educated. And my whole family, they, they even like, they wouldn't see me. Right. Like we were like, oh, well, we ha we can't see anyone right now. We have to stay within our bubble. Like and I just I felt like this can't be it. This cannot be it. And then I started to educate myself and then I started to make some changes personally. I, I worked on mindset. I worked on educating myself. I made sure that every single morning I got up, I, I, I did the things that I normally did. I didn't make I didn't I didn't allow covid to impact my life in a negative way just for those three days. And then I kicked myself in the butt and I talked to myself in the mirror and I, I got myself up and I pulled my pants up and I said, okay, that's enough. I started running. I was running. I don't even know. Like you even yeah. saw, like I went and I was, I, I felt like I needed to almost run the fear out. I went and I had so much energy. I ran a 15 K and then the next day I ran 30. Oh, wow. And I was fluctuating between 15 and 30 K on top of running a clinic with 400 patients on top of running programs for the deaf where I am I am like licensed ASL signer. So I have a lot of people who need a lot of energy from me. It's exhausting at the end of the day, but I had so much energy because I had changed my mindset. And even though the people around me, they, they hadn't done it yet. I didn't care because I had to live with me. I'm in my body and I didn't like how I felt. And so I decided that no matter what environment you put me in, I will, no one can steal my joy and no one can steal my peace. And I can control the things that I do that 
you know, are on my day to day. And so, yeah, I got up, I started juicing. I started putting on my, my Pat Benatar and my classical music. I danced with my cat. I walked around, you know, the house, um, when we were allowed to, you know, go back to work and things like that. Um, yeah, I, I rode my bike to work every day. I got up early. I figured out, you know, if I had breaks in my day, I would call people up and just check in, see how they're doing, see how they're feeling, see how I can, you know, pray for them or send a blessing their way or just check in on them, send them a hug uh, emoji or a heart emoji. You know, um, I had a couple patients who, you know, they were supposedly tested COVID. And so I actually drove all the way out. It was an hour drive to drop off a little care package at their driveway um, and then drive off. I didn't see them, nothing. Then they came out of their house, they grabbed it and they went back inside, you know? And it was just like, it's so rewarding to be that warrior for people, to be that stable, to be that person. But I wasn't that for three days. I had to become that person. I had to evolve. I had to adapt. And I, ha I was like a uh, caterpillar that had to evolve into a butterfly. And that's what I encourage people to do is that no matter where you are, and even if you've been hibernating for 11 months, you can evolve. It's not too late. Well, and like, and these are the times because like this, is, like we obviously know that this time of year in Vancouver is really hard to be able to deal with because it's just cloudy all the time. It is. Um, but like we're getting to that point now where like that excuse is kind of gone. Like it's not that cold anymore. It's not really raining. It hasn't really been that bad this year. You know, like, like let's get going, you know, like, and like, that's what I feel like that people need to see is like, like post your pictures on Instagram of you doing things and like going outside, you can be responsible. And I think like that's the, the break where people think if you're doing anything, it's bad, but it's like, go, go on a hike, you know, go for a walk, go ride a bike. Like these are all things you actually can do. And you're breaking zero rules. Like just get out. Cause like I said, the, that fresh air does wonders for you. Like I know when I'm just inside for three, four hours, like I just, I feel it. I like, I need to get outside. And as soon as I walk out there, I'm like, I'm free. Like I did, I feel it all the time. And, and I love it. And I just, I know that's not unique to me. I know this is something that's unique to like us being human beings because we're biological and we should be outside. You know, like if you look at even like all the other houses of all the other species of everything on this planet, like there are a lot more biological homes than we have. So like, there's still a part of the earth. Like we remove ourselves from that. And as I accumulate all these numerical years in my life, I realize like how much that these things really actually help me. And I may not know exactly how, but I know when I'm out in a natural environment, I feel substantially better than being in a synthetic environment, like being inside of a house, no matter how nice that house is. Because of energy exchange, you know, what people don't realize is the trees, the grass, the sunshine, all of that is is sending a frequency and an energetic value into your body and your body is responding in a positive manner. It is actually decreasing your cortisol on a biological level. It is suppressing your stress. It is helping your body go from the sympathetic into the parasympathetic. And all you had to do was just go outside. It's incredible. And I don't mean go outside and, you know, you know, be on your phone and holding your phone the whole time. That's not going outside. I mean, go outside and be, you know, away from your phone, put your phone in the car, go for a walk, you know, take your dog, take your friend, you know, or whoever lives in your house 
and just go, you know, it's, it's pretty powerful. Touch the tree, touch the grass. You know, I always have a thing wherever, everywhere I go, I love going to the beach. I go to the beach all the time. That's, that's my place. You know, I grew up on the beach and that's, that's my place. And no matter how cold it is, I will take my shoes off, roll up my pants and put my feet in the water and breathe in those ions because it's so, um, it's, it's such a decompression and you feel like you just went through like three weeks of therapy. Yeah. I actually, I was talking to a gentleman from Norway today and we were specifically talking about um, like ice baths. That's how we kind of connected on, on Instagram. And we were talking about like the different environments of being in the cold. Um, so I feel like when I'm just in the tank, it's really just sharpening that sort of being like a warrior. Like it's like minus two, minus three degrees. It's cold as fuck. Like there's ice in it. There's chunks of ice. There's little, little bitty pieces of ice. You know, it's going to kind of hurt breaking through the ice, getting there. There's like all these things that play in your mind. So it's just sharpening that sword. But when I go and I'm like laying in a creek or a river and it's flowing water, and it can be a little bit warmer, it can be like just as cold. But like, I just, I feel this overwhelming sense of peace. Like it's just, it's taken everything emotionally that I don't want to be a part of me. And it's just kind of washed it away. And like, I, I really paid attention to that because I, I want to mimic that as a convenience having that at home. But like, I really know there's something about laying back with your back against the rocks and your head resting against the rock. And you got that one in the shoulder that you're trying to get comfortable. But as that water is rushing over you, it is so cleansing just to be in that moment. Yeah. And I always feel lighter. I always feel happier. I never regret it. And Sometimes it work. It's so much more effective at emotionally balancing me than even having like a great conversation with somebody or going to see um, like my counselor or like anything along those lines. Where it's just it's nature doing its thing. It's like that biological exchange happening. That's what got us here in the first place. Yeah. It's so funny you say that because I'm not the kind of woman where when I get home I have a hot bath and a glass of wine. What I do is um, I have structured mineral water for my shower. And I turn the lights off, I hop into my bathtub, and I have a shower bath. Mm-hmm. And I do that every night. And I will go until the water goes cold. Yeah. And it's just something about the water hitting your body. It is so deep. It decompresses you. Mm-hmm. And you put a hot, you put a cloth on your face so that you keep the heat in. And it's just, you feel so relaxed at the end of the night. When you, when you physically put something over your face and you have that warm barrier, it's very comforting, but it produces a lot of melatonin because you're in complete darkness. And the pituitary gland, your body can only make melatonin when you're in complete darkness, which is great for people that have insomnia or they do have anxiety or they do get panic attacks. I do encourage you to do a shower bath with a, a, a cloth over your face. It's quite nice. Yeah, it is. I, For me, like the... In the morning, I really, I personally always need to have a shower in the morning. So it's just something about standing there with my eyes closed and that warm water rushing over my body. Nothing will wake me up better than that. I could have like five minutes of sleep or two hours of sleep, but just like that is the thing that always wakes me up and gets the gears going. Yeah. 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 And people that are listening, like, you know, if you haven't tapped into the whole like polar bear swim yet, you know, we just did our first one. I hate the cold. You know, I, I'm always cold. I'd be that person bundled up in the summer. You know, I, I have, a, I'm all about the hot tubs. Don't, you will never get me in the cold. I don't put ice in my water. I just hate the cold. And 
we decided um, to go up into the mountains and we jumped into the Harrison Lake and it was cold. There was snow up there. You could see like it was like the cold, the water was just very crisp. We made a big fire after and it invoked something. And I, I really, I've learned about the science behind it and I've under, I understand the, the cold plunge. But if you haven't tried it, you know, muster up some courage and, you know, go jump off the pier at White Rock or go jump into a cold lake because it is something that, you know, you're almost reborn and it's addicting and yeah. you'll want to go every month or yeah. every day. <laughs> or every day. I can yeah. contest to that. Yeah. Uh, that's why. Um, let's wrap things up, though. I didn't realize that we're kind of getting a little bit over <laughs> the time here. But, um, but yeah, like throw some, like I said, social media handles, the websites, anything, last comments, any um, talks you have coming up, any programs you're running that you want people to be a part of, anything along that. This is the time. Awesome. Yeah, so that's Vitality Wellness Center, Ariel Jarvis. You can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. We are located in Langley, just off 200th Street. And we would love to hear from you. Book a free consult today, 15 minutes, and let's see uh, if we can help you. Awesome. Thanks, Ariel.